You're listening to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship of Minute. Are you worried about noise complaints and unauthorized parties, or smoking in your rentals? Meet Minute, your peace of mind solution. Minute sensors discreetly monitor noise levels, occupancy, and even detect cigarette smoke, all while respecting guest privacy. Easy to install and manage from anywhere, Minute integrates seamlessly with your smart home devices and enhancing the guest experience while ensuring your property's safety. Say goodbye to sleepless nights and hello to happy neighbors and guests. Protect your investment with Minute. Check the link in the description of this episode to find Minute in our virtual vendor showcase. Without further ado, let's get this episode started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Have you ever struggled with your social media output? wondered what to post, where to post, and when and how to engage. And also, have you ever wondered about your brand? Is it on point? Are you actually getting the message across to the people that you want to be talking to? In today's episode, I am talking to Alice Fry from Touchstay and Derry Green from The Secret Garden Glamping about branding, about social media and about all things engagement. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you once again from Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is where I am for the winter and enjoying every minute of it at the moment. It's snowing at home. There's lots of snow in my driveway. I check it out every day on my Nest camera and I can see the snowplow coming and going and leaving a nice clear driveway for the car that I'm not going to be taking into it. Now, in fact, Mike and his family go up there every so often to stay at the house. So always good to keep the driveway nice and clean and nice and clear for them. But it is nice to know that I don't have to go out and shovel it. So I promise you I'm not going to mention snow anymore. It's on my mind every day, but I will keep it away from the podcast in future. So how are you with your social media posting? How are you with your social media engagement? Where are you posting? Is it the right place? Do you have your branding right? What is branding anyway? All these questions are going to be answered today, I hope, in my discussion with uh, Alice Fry from Touchday and Derry Green from The Secret Garden Glamping. This all started at the Verma conference in Orlando when I met Alice for the first time and I was really taken with, you know, how inspiring and motivating she was. She gets so enthusiastic and certainly on her topic of social media, she knows this subject inside and out. So, It had just been a few weeks since I had talked to Derry Green at the Secret Garden Glamping and he was talking about how much he loved engaging on social media and the fact that his social media presence was such an important 
part of his whole marketing effort for his business. And I do encourage you, if you haven't yet listened to this, to my interview with Derry, that you go and listen to that as well. It's an amazing story how social media just catapulted Derry and his tiny little business of one glamping pod in his back garden into a massive endeavour, now with 13 glamping pods and some very exciting news on the horizon for the Secret Garden Glamping. And this all started with social media. So he is living proof of how things go viral and how they can change your lives and they can change the direction of your business. So in this interview, we talk about the importance of personal branding. We talk about content, effective storytelling techniques, the best way of converting social media followers into actual guests, which is what, what the whole purpose of this is. And we'll, we'll explore things like collaborations with influencers and how you can strike that balance between promotional content and value-added material in your posts. And we'll also touch on a little bit about how social media is changing and how that could impact us in the future. So without further ado, let's move on over to this great discussion with Alice and Derry. So this is an exciting event. I am so happy to have with me today uh, Derry Green from The Secret Garden Glamping, who has already been on the show. And if you haven't listened to that episode, then I suggest you bookmark that right now for, for listening to later. And Alice Fry, who is the social media manager at my favourite platform, Touch Day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alice. We we got the idea for this uh, this episode when we met in uh, Orlando at the Verma conference, and uh, so yeah. I'm I'm, you know, I'm glad. It's really glad it's come together. So thanks. So so happy to have you here. Lovely to be here. <laughs> and Derry, it's just always good to see you. You you in, you just inspire me so much inspired me so much that I'm now looking at glamping opportunities in Ontario. Uh, and when you think that Ontario, the temperature goes down to, it can go down to minus 30 centigrade wow. in the winter. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be quite, um, quite an, an organizational event if we ever get this off the ground. But, uh, but yeah, thank well, you for being inspiring. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're very welcome. You, you know, I, I loved chatting to you last time. I like talking anything glamping, social media, that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited for this. Well, today we are we're not not really talking about glamping. We are talking about social media, um, everything from branding mm. to content creation to where you put it and what you do with it, and and most importantly, how you make guests out of the people who see your social media. So let's let's kick off. Derry, tell me about your social media experience before the Secret Garden glamping kicked off, before you had that viral experience. Uh, what was your what were you doing on social media before that? And how has your view, your take on it changed since then? So, yeah, before I started this, social media to me, I had Facebook. That was it. And it was 
as far as I was concerned, social media was saying happy birthday to a friend or posting a picture of the kids. That was my total limited knowledge of social media. Didn't really engage with it much, and, and that was it. Um, obviously, when I came to doing this, I, I quickly realised that social media was absolutely key. I mean, in any business now, for what I was doing specifically, getting my content out to to my audience uh, and then obviously to guests is vital especially you know in, in my market within glamping but any kind of um vacation rental it's it's a crowded market as far as there's lots of different options so getting your your content in front of people is key um so now you know i then spend every waking minute day and night trying to work out what I was doing wrong what needed to happen how it worked and that's uh, that was my journey at the start to where we are now. Uh, you know, we're the most viewed and most followed glamping site in the UK by a country mile now. Uh, we've got three quarters of a million followers across social media. Last month, our reach was 10.2 million. So it's huge. We've had half a billion views online now uh, <laughs> on our content. So so I quickly realised it was it was key. And then that it's really exciting to me. It's it, it, you know it's ever changing. Everything with social media there's always something new coming along and trying to keep up with that you know really focuses me on what i like doing and th- and this is all and I, th- I need to put this into context because this is all in less than three years right yeah yes. yeah yeah so I, I started the 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 first one was march of 2020 i actually opened the site in february of 2021 <laughs> uh so yeah sort of two and a half years two coming up to, to three years of, of being open as a site now yeah well, I think I think that's uh, you know that's got to be motivating for anybody who thinks you know I'm late to the social media game. <laughs> you can no. come in late, um, Alice. What about what about you? What's your background in social media um, before you joined join yeah. Touch Day? Yeah, um, before here, I was working at John Lewis. Um, uh, so, I mean, for your worldwide audience, John Lewis is a retailer in the UK. Um, and I was uh, an influencer manager there. So basically meant working with collaborating with influencers to um, kind of feed the content on their socials. So that was um, some nice experience there. Before that, I worked in agency, working with lots of different companies um, doing social media. And then before that, I was at WH Smith, another brand. <laughs> so um, I've been doing it for 10 years now. Um, it's changed a lot. Like, uh, you know, like Derry's probably witnessed, particularly in the last couple of years, I think a lot of uh, we can go on to that, but uh, a lot of stuff with video. It's definitely changed a lot. So um, lots of mixed stuff and, and no touch day for the last year. So. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> it's great to hear Derry's story. I absolutely love it. <laughs> uh, so, so in the immortal words of Mrs. Merton, if you ever remember Mrs. Merton, anybody remember Mrs. Merton? She she was a she was a uh, um, she, she was. This is going back to the probably the nineties, um, a, t- a TV personality. Um, Love it. And her thing was so. Which was your favourite? When you think <laughs> of all the places you've been to, which was your favourite? It, it actually, it actually came from. Um, so Mrs. Merton was this spoof character, and she would interview people, and she interviewed a World War Two veteran and World War One veteran, and he, he he sat in the front of the audience, and he said, "Yes, I was in." I was in both wars, and she said, "So you're in World War One, and you're in World War Two. So tell me, which one was your favourite?" <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> and that that which one was your favourite has always stuck with me. So uh, absolutely, yeah. Touch Touch Day is clearly your favourite company now. 
Of course, of course. course. Everyone's lovely. You're lovely. Andy's lovely. Okay, you know, yeah. But yeah, it's been a real great experience. I think it's good, very... It's great because of the community. I think that's the big thing. Well, th- well, this is it. And you've done a ton of stuff with with the um, social media output uh, over the... How, how long have you been there now? Uh, a year. A year. So, yeah, yeah, yeah over, bang on. And I've seen it. I've seen it changing. Um, and, you know, clearly yeah. your, your influence is is amazing. So I just want to start off oh. with talking about branding because, you know, Touch Day works so hard on their branding. Secret Garden Glamping is is clearly, you know, a recognized, such a recognized brand now. Mm. How important is it um, for for owners and managers to create uh, a personal brand? And, and in fact, let's start with, I'll start with you, Alice. What, what exactly is a personal brand? I would say it's, you know, what is your business? How does it look? How does it feel? What's your tone of voice? What are you trying to, you know, for example, like Derry, I'm Derry, I'm, I'm going to, I'm not going to steal your points here, but like, you know, when I think of, when I think of Derry's business, I think really like quite luxe, you know, it's very sort of uh, photogenic, it's very beautiful. And it's kind of that brand, but how are you, uh, how is that consistent? Like through your tone of voice, through your pictures, every single thing that your customer, you know, those touch points, they see your brand. And it doesn't have to be like luxe and cool. It can be like family orientated. Well, how can you do that? Can you do that through your tone of voice, through some lovely, you know, pictures of families together, that sort of thing. So um, I haven't uh, answered that succinctly, but to summarize, I think I'd probably say it's it's everything. It's everything. It's what you want to kind of um evoke as your as your brand sort of like what it stands for i would say i know when i when i think of uh, when i think of the secret garden glamping i in my head immediately think of being outside so i think of being outside um surrounded by fairy lights and or maybe in a hot tub and and just having that wonderful um, family experience or, or even romantic experience. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's what comes yeah. to mind. When I think of Touch Day, what comes to mind immediately, and I think this is the fabulous branding, is Touch Day Rockstars. Yes. And, yeah. you know, yeah. you label all your clients Rockstars. And, mm-hmm. and that branding goes with you everywhere. Everywhere I've been, you know, if I'm speaking at a yeah. conference, I get the little, or, or if I'm at a conference, <laughs> I get the little tag that goes onto my lanyard that says Touch yeah. Day Rockstar, that says Rockstar. Yeah, um, yeah that's so true. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. so that yeah, is... I'm, I'm yeah, sorry, we're going to change it. So just so you know, Heather, we're going to give out friendship bracelets next time. <laughs> anyway. <yeah. laughs> but yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so, so how, what, what, how does, what does branding mean to you, Derry? Yeah, so it's, it's everything we just said about then. To, to me, it's getting across to your audience, to your customers, what's important to you and also what's important to them. So if whether that be what, what I do or whether you like you, you were saying, Alice, like whether it be family-orientated, family whether it be sustainable, accessible, whatever it is, your brand is then distinguishing you from, from your competition. So like you say, when people see my logo – or my content, they know straight away it's me. They know exactly what they're getting. Every time we build a new unit, this is where we you're focusing on with the the brand to the site. So we we're building a new unit at the minute. Um, 
that's it went online for pre-bookings last week. It's already it's sold out in 47 minutes and nobody's seen a picture of it. Whoa. Nobody will see any pictures of that unit, the Wonderland, until it opens on the 19th of June. Um, 19th of June, 19th of January. But we've built up a brand now, so mm-hmm. people know you know minimum standards, what they're expecting to get, and then we always try and exceed that. So they will book a unit that they don't know what they're getting based on our brand because they've got trust in it. They know what we're focusing on. They know what sort of units we provide. So that builds confidence with your audience. They know uh, what they're going to get when they come to you. Um, And then you can then exceed expectations as you go forward. So, yeah, it's getting across to your audience what's important to you and what's important to them. Uh, 47 minutes. Yeah, 47 minutes, yeah. So that's now, <laughs> the Wonderland is now currently fully booked until 2025. And it's nobody's seen <laughs> oh a picture of it. All it is is a logo. That's it. That's all anybody knows. Nobody knows what the unit is, what's going to be there. It's going to be oh, awesome. Yeah. It's looking great. You're, um, you're rivaling yeah. uh, Glastonbury there with your ticket sales. <laughs> Honestly, it, it's ridiculous. We have to take on extra servers every time we do a launch <laughs> to make sure that we've got enough capacity on the website to have, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of people all trying to book at the same time. Well, this, and this all comes down to social media because this is, this is how you were, Absolutely. this is how you were discovered. This mm-hmm. is how yeah. your, um, your first, very first. And I, I have told this story and you know, you come to word of mouth. I've told this story to so many people since we last talked, you know, that yeah. I've probably convoluted it a bit over time. and probably added a few Love things, <laughs> but you know, the tent in the backyard, it was COVID yeah. and you wanted to give your kids something to do. And, and that's yeah. how, you know, that somebody picked it up and, and, you see, on to, back onto the branding side of things, that's you know what I'm getting across within my branding is my whole story, my journey, my kind of endeavour. It's making sure people understand that we're not just you know a big brand like John Lewis, for example. You know, we, <laughs> at heart, the reason I did it was to to provide something for my children, not to make money. Um, and that's still the case now. You know, as we're going forward and things like that. So you can get all these different things across within a brand. Um, that people know and recognise and then fall in love with and engage with and, and mm. want to be part of. That's, yeah, a, that's a great segue into storytelling, um, mm-hmm. you know, telling your stories. Um, how And you hear a lot about storytelling at the moment. Everybody's talking about it. You've got to tell a story. What does that actually mean, telling a story? I mean, Derry, you're telling the story of how you, you started out, but, you know, does is, is that just what it is or is there more to it than that Alice um I think it is there's lots more to it I think I think it's the difference between someone seeing something and going oh right and then but on the flip side someone seeing it and going oh I'm connecting with this emotionally you know I think there's three ways of sort of doing it whether you're like inspiring someone educating someone or evoking some sort of emotion in terms of like humor or cry with happiness that sort of thing painting that story so they feel immersed in it so they can see themselves in it I think that's a big difference you could have like a flat picture of something and be like here's a room I've got come and get it it's half price at the moment or you could say hey look at this I um, had my morning coffee out here it was such a great experience Um, uh, it's great to get away by the way we have you know 50% off this night I think that's the difference Um, kind of making people it's all about immersing people 
into that experience. That's how I see it anyway. <laughs> now, Derry, how do you tell stories? Can you give us a couple of examples? Do I? I absolutely agree with Alice. So it's it's all, for me, it's all about aspirational content. So as you just said, then, it, it's you've got to create that image in their head where they can picture being there. So we do it a lot when we do our content, if you notice. So we have bar areas um, round by the hot tub and things. So instead, you could just leave it as you know, as, a, as a space and that's it. But we actually stock it so it looks like a bar. We have cocktails made on the side. We have the, the drinks fridge full of drinks and everything else. And what you're trying to do is get the customer to, to imagine sitting there and drinking a cocktail at night and how they'd feel and you know, enjoying it with the friends and that, that sort of stuff. And... Um, so it's it's creating, yeah, that aspirational point. Now, the funny thing is when you come down to it, so we have the, the bar fridge and everything, everything set up. So their aspiration is they're going to sit in the hot tub all night drinking cocktails and, and reconnect with friends, whatever it is. Now, the reality of that is entirely different. So the reality is we have the bar fridge and nine times out of ten, instead of it being full of you know, nice drinks and champagne and everything else, it's got some sausages in there and some bacon and some bread. It's never used like that. But when they were looking at that content and when they were looking at then making a booking, the aspirational part of that was that's what they want to do. Now, that's it's, it's a really good way to get people to engage with what you're doing because they see it as well. It's You're not selling to them overtly you know it's it's genuine content and that's what it needs that's where you was kind of alluding to earlier on there's been a big change the past couple of years with with content creation which took me back a bit um because people now don't want to be sold to they want they want to see and make the decisions and and the choices themselves now you can point them in the right direction by doing different things like storytelling you know we do it quite a lot where you you know spend a night with us or or have what would you do with seven of your friends here tonight? That sort of stuff and, and trying to yeah. coax them in the right direction. Um, but you don't want to do it overtly. But you know, the days have gone now with social media of you know openly pushing stuff into their faces, trying to sell to them over and over again. They, they don't want that experience anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that, that's that's so important. Um let's let's go on to this content thing, but how content has changed. Mm. Um you know, I was uh, years ago. I I was just so avid on an avid Twitter user, and mm-hmm. and I even wrote a course on how to use Twitter and how to engage with journalists and and other media folk on on Twitter. And I've I've haven't used Twitter for a long time. Certainly not using X right now. Um, mm. I know Tyann is still out there using Twitter, but then I think she yeah, uses absolutely so. everything. <laughs> Tyann Ty- Marsink with 28 hours in her day, as opposed to the 24 that we all have. Um, she, she uses those extra four hours so, um, totally. so well. <laughs> but what, um, yeah. you know, Alice, where, how, how's, how's the whole business of platforms changed? Um, before we yeah, go into content, what about platforms? Because, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't have TikTok. Um, yeah. We now have X. Yeah. Um, what, what happened to to the ones that have disappeared? <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a really great question, actually. And um, it sort of relates to what, I guess, what Derry and I were saying in the sense that you can't really just promote the way that you used to. You can't just go, hey, this is yours. I'm telling you to have it. You have it. They've got to really feel immersed and engaged with it. And I think 
platforms like TikTok because they're so immersive and they're so fast. And so it kind of immediately kind of tends to lean on that way that we now learn. We want it quickly. We want everything so fast in our lives. We we want something tomorrow on Amazon, we can go and get it. And like, you know, that, that sort of thing, it's, it's, it's now changed into the way that we kind of take in, digest our media. So I think it, it's all kind of changed with the way like, I mean, maybe like MySpace, right? Do you remember that? And like um, platforms like that, where it was kind of maybe just like a one-way dialogue. Now it's like a two-way thing. Like you'll have like um, videos on TikTok where people are like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I can jump on this trend. And, and the same way with like, the way that Facebook and Instagram sort of work now, like it's it's a bit of a, you know, in terms of target market, it's an older generation that are on Facebook. Don't get me wrong, there's a big mix, but it's a higher percentage. And then on Instagram, it's a bit of a mix. And then on TikTok, mega Gen Z. <laughs> so um, it depends who you're targeting. But, but yeah, I would say the messaging, hugely video, because now people want to see it. They don't want to, they want to feel like they're in there. And if you do use, you know, just photography, not just because it's amazing, but like it's got to look slick and like, you know, it, it can't look. Uh, yeah, it's got to look very, very good to, for it to sort of fly. And, and maybe it might not be photography. Maybe it'd be something funny like a meme or something. But it's got to, it's got to really hit the nail on the head, I think, in terms of humor. So. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely changed in terms of the way we digest our media. That's definitely changed. Um, Derry, what about um, what, what platforms are you strongest on? So to be fair, we have a, a, a strong following across all the platforms. Our biggest is still Facebook, um, you know, 320, 330,000 followers on Facebook. So it's still our biggest one. Um, TikTok is the elephant in the room. That's the, the <laughs> big change that's happened. So, you know, when TikTok came along, we was kind of an early adopter to TikTok. And I found it so strange to use. I was used to creating for Facebook, you know, really, really kind of slick promotional videos that were kind of longer form and it took you through it. I loved them. I absolutely loved them. And it took you through a journey. So it started, you know, as you're walking down the path and through the trees and, you know, eventually getting to the unit and then finally revealing the unit. And that, you know, when TikTok came out, that content just bombed. It did not work. They... TikTok has thrown it the other way around. So you want the the end of the video at the start and then and you reverse it. So you want the big reveal instantly, which I didn't like. I genuinely didn't like it. And it, it took me it took me a good little while to get my head around how how TikTok as a platform worked, how the algorithms worked and, and what what it was doing. Now, you know, I do like it. It's harder to tell stories on TikTok because you've got shorter time to do it and you're doing it in reverse in theory um but with facebook and instagram now they've tiktok's come along took a huge share off them and all they've done to 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 kind of you know come back against it is copying that's the top and bottom so any so prime example last week we had um, a video on tiktok it did did about 1.2 1.3 million views took that exact same video, put it on Facebook. Facebook was about 2.2 million. Instagram, 3.6 million, I think it was. TikTok now, I use TikTok as a platform because the brilliant thing with TikTok, to me, it's like a, it's like a, like a test, basically. So I can test as much content as I want on there. There's no limit to it. You can put on 100 videos a day if you want. And every video you put on is judged on its own merit. 
So if you do a great video, it's shown to millions and millions of people. If you do a terrible video, it's shown to 100 people. Now, flip that around onto Facebook. If I put any content on Facebook, it is shown to a, you know, a huge audience. A general post I put on Facebook will get an engagement of somewhere between 70,000 and 100,000, regardless what it is. So I can mess with my content on TikTok, see what does well, and I can do that over and over and over and over again. And when I find content that works well on TikTok, I automatically know it's going to work well on Facebook and Instagram because they're copying their algorithm. So TikTok then, once I worked out how to use it, was a kind of a game changer. It meant I could do lots of testing very, very quickly and work out what was doing well. And the content that was going out, because at the time, again, now TikTok has caught up um, and you know, uh, you know, exceeded our Instagram following now, although that's been going really good recently. Um, but it meant I could test all the content I wanted to on TikTok without having to worry about my reach on Facebook and Instagram getting drawn back because I wasn't producing the content that they wanted to see. So yeah, TikTok is a is a phenomenal platform, and it's you know it's being adopted by everybody now. My nan's on TikTok because <laughs> one of her grandkids has told her to use it, and it's it, it, it's one of those. It, it's that great platform, although it's still for a lot of people, they have this you know, thing of, oh, it's just silly little videos of, I don't know, kids dancing or whatever else it might be. It will work out very, very quickly what you want to see, and it will only show you that. So if you're interested in cars, it will show you every car video ever, and none of the, the kind of rubbish that you're not interested in. So it will narrow down your audience automatically for you very, very quickly, and it's free. So... You know, Facebook and Instagram are geared up around paying now. That's the, the top and bottom is if you want to get reach, if you want to get audience, if you want to find new people for your bookings, you pay for it. That's it. They're, they're a monetized platform where TikTok's still new, so everything's free. It's great. You can build up a huge audience. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You, you're no better or worse off. Where with Facebook, if you pay for a post to, to, to kind of generate views, you don't know if that post's any good and Facebook is still going to charge you for it regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, totally. what a great strategy. I'm one of those new people to TikTok. <laughs> now, and, just and... on TikTok, so we're part of what's called TikTok's high value acquisitions team. So we have bi-weekly Zoom calls with TikTok to let us know what they're doing. We find out what music's going viral. We find out what's changing in their ecosystem. Now, with TikTok, what they're trying to do is now, they're going to try and monetize the platform. They've been going for a couple of years now. They, they need to start generating revenue, and they can't do that with short-form content. They can't. You can't monetize a 10, 15-second video. They're going to start prioritizing longer-form content, and what they want TikTok to be is basically a new Google stroke TripAdvisor platform. So the way they see it is you will see a product for sale, whether it be a, a new kettle a vacation rental, a car, whatever it is, you'll then search for that item on TikTok and you will find genuine content of what that item's like to use, to stay in, whatever it might be. Because review sites now, for example, TripAdvisor, you know, even Google reviews, people are kind of done with it. You know, they know the people leaving five-star reviews probably just really like it. The people leaving one-star reviews are probably just, it's not for them. And you can't really judge your business now based on TripAdvisor, Google reviews. So if they see 
before when I put out content, it would be on a beautiful sunny day with no wind and everything would be in the perfect place to look good for that video. When a customer makes one, it might be a rainy day in November when the decking's covered in leaves. But if they look at that and the customers that were there are having a great time, regardless of what it looked like, then they know that that's genuine. They know the people want to who enjoyed it, who who were here, had a great time. And they take that as an indicator, right, we can book because we know this, this content's genuine. And again, when it comes to content now on TikTok, it's all about making you, even if it is trying to sell something or trying to put your content out there, you're still trying to come across as genuine so that people believe it is. Because again, if you try and sell on TikTok, ooh, bad, does not work. I'm going to break into the interview for just a few moments to hear about our sponsor, Minute. We'll be right back with more great conversation shortly. We are delighted to welcome Minute as sponsor of the podcast for the next eight weeks. In my time as a property manager in a rural vacation area, The problem of outside noise was one we were acutely aware of. Time spent on the deck and around a fire pit were all part of our guest vacations, but occasionally we'd hear of a group that brought a few more people and made more noise than the bylaws allowed or the neighbours tolerated. We would end up hearing about it after the guests had left, but the neighbours remained really unhappy. It did nothing for our reputation or for our owner's relationship with their community. If we could have had outside noise monitors then, we would have been in a much better place to nip a party in the bud or just advise our guests their noise level was going above what was acceptable. With a noise monitor from Minute, we could have had this invaluable help and could have saved some challenging situations along the way. And of course, Minute does so much more than outdoor monitoring. There's noise and occupancy monitoring inside, cigarette detection, and you can integrate it with your smart lock to make check-ins and check-outs easier, as well as tracking temperature and humidity to ensure your guests have a really comfortable stay. We'll be sharing more about Minute over the next few weeks and encourage you to go to the Minute website to find out more about this great product. What's your take on TikTok, Alice? (laughs) Um, So kind of being like, you know, being doing it for 10 years, it did scare me at first as well, Derry. So I'm kind of glad you've had so much success in it. It used to scare you. So there's hope for us all. Um, I think it's great because I think you can have a niche and you can like go you know there's there's people doing some amazing things out there that you uh they wouldn't necessarily have even had the platform before for example i was talking to a guy the other day that um he was at a tourism award and he does he has a glamping site and he also on the side um trims horses hooves and he was telling me about this guy that like that does that on tiktok and people are fascinated in it because there's something they've never learned about before and it's really unique, you know, I mean, it might not necessarily be unique in, in that field, but it is to someone like me. And like, and it's great. It's so great. And if you, exactly like Derry's saying, if you don't, aren't overly promotional, if you're trying to bring that value, which is, you know, above everything is what you should be trying to do, give value. But if you'll be able to do that in a really quick, succinct way, then boom, you're able to do it. You you see people that kind of put, 
you know, just the odd video. It is hard. It is. Um, but you can put the odd video out there of something that's, you know, pretty, quite interesting and it can go nuts. And um, so there's some great opportunities in there. As long as you're not frightened to do it, you just need to, you just need to do it. I think people have been saying this for years. Um, you know, video is, it's easy. You just get behind your phone. That's it. Um, yeah, that's I think it. it's becoming more and more um, comfortable. But I think there's still a lot of people out there that just don't like that idea of of being yeah. in front of that camera. But of course, you don't have really? to be. You don't have to be you in front of the camera. That, that whole business about TikTok got me thinking about Booking.com's sustainability report. Um and and the fact that it's Gen Z, the Gen Z generation, that where where seventy percent of them are looking for more sustainable options when they go travelling, and which is why that people in short term rentals should be focusing a lot more on their sustainability features, and that just got me thinking about how useful TikTok that would would, would be to do that focus. Well, you, you, you're absolutely correct because any sustainable stuff that we we have it, you know, we, we're doing a lot of battery storage, solar, um, solar power, wind power. That content absolutely bombs on Facebook. Absolutely bombs. I would love to do more content about it, but I know my audience on Facebook isn't looking for it, and because of that, I can't then show that on Facebook because you know the the rest of the audience. It doesn't go any further. TikTok, I can do a video today of a wind turbine. Tomorrow I can do a video cutting the grass. And the day after I can do a video of the pods. And it, you can have that 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 kind of change within it where Facebook and Instagram, you can't have that change. You, we've gone down such a narrow focus now. And, and I've worked out exactly what I need to put on Facebook and Instagram where TikTok, I can play about with it all the time. The first viral video I had on TikTok of all things was me loading two pallets of fire lighters into my car that I bought from Home Bargains. That's what That's it so went random. viral. Yeah, my missus just videoed me Phil, putting them in the in the car, and it literally the whole boot of the car was just stacked up, and it went. It got like three, four hundred thousand views. I was like, how the hell? It was like ten seconds. I was like, how the hell is that interesting? But it is, and you can mess. You can put that sort of content out there, and it can it can grab and just go bonkers. And you can go from having you know fifty followers one day to fifty thousand the next, just just from one little thing. And there's no again, it has slightly changed now. When you were saying then about a kind of being in front of the camera or or being on video, that is one thing that's changed significantly over the past six to eight months, probably. That sort of content now is doing really really well on TikTok. So if you're talking about your business, your product, your vacation rental, whatever it might be. Again, that's it, it's engaging with your audience and coming across as genuine and people are buying into you. So it's not something that we've done yet because even though I love doing this, I still feel uncomfortable <laughs> talking about it on a TikTok video. I've tried it a couple of times and I, I don't know why. I just it's, it's myself. The video is probably great and it would do well. I just don't like it at the minute. So I need to get more comfortable with it because – my story, my journey would play really well on TikTok. It's not something we've had to do yet, but it's something mm. we've noticed that's been changing. So, so that content really does do well on TikTok and then flows over to Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about actually converting, you know, people are watching these videos. How do you actually convert mm -hmm. them? 
any social media follow follower into an actual guest because I mean to me it's all very entertaining and I and I watch the things all the time but it it, it I do struggle a little to figure out you know do do you have to have very clear purpose behind every post or or can you just do it randomly and still have people convert I'll let you take or... it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, do a bit of both. You, you, you start, I'll finish. <laughs> it, it, it is very hard because the, the thing with social media is you can't equate it to a booking in general. So because when your content's out there, if I put something out today and 50,000 people see it, I might get no bookings because they're not looking to book at that time. It's about being in front of them at the right time for when they're booking. <laughs> but then... If you're gaining an audience, so you're creating content that they want to see, they start following you. you know, and once they're following you, yeah, you know, I could put out 10, 20, 30 pieces of content and none of them make them book because they're not looking to book. It's not that. But at some point, if they're following you and they see your content, when they're, you know, it, it comes to them and they're like, oh, you know, I could really do with doing something for my daughter's birthday next year. And then your content says, like, oh, okay. So then it, you know, it, it, it's just feeding it to them all the time. Um, and that can be, you know, once a day, it could be once a month, it can be once a year, whatever it is. Consistency is key. You know, getting your content out there clear over and, and people assume it needs to be every day or 10 times a day or anything like that. It doesn't. It, it, you, you, what you're trying to create is content to engage people, not to sell to them, to get them to follow you and interact with your content. Facebook, Instagram and TikTok will do the rest. When they're looking, you know, Facebook, again, the algorithms now, they know when somebody's been on Google to search for a holiday, next time they go on TikTok, I guarantee you they will show your content to them. That's it. You you don't have to do the legwork for it anymore. They they know, the platforms know who's looking at what, when, and where. So you know, if I search on my phone now some new work boots, next time I go on TikTok, I guarantee there'll be a TikTok video of a certain brand of work boots showing me it because they know I'm going to engage with it and then it follows through from there. So it's not necessarily about targeting you know, specific times a year or specific guests or anything like that. It's just making sure your content's out there so when they're ready to book, mm-hmm. you're there in front of them. I'll just add a little bit to that because, yeah, Derry's nailed it as usual. But um, I would say um, also just make sure if you're, you know, if you're promoting something on your stories, um, a little bit uh, trickier with, you know, your grid content because obviously you can't put a direct link on it. But put those swipe up links, you know, track them, make sure that anything you're doing does have those trackable links. Make sure you've got your bio all sorted out, you know, it's all tracked up and that you can see how people are converting with it. If there's a particular bit on your site that, um, you know, someone's particularly looking at, say, for example, like with dairy, the upsells, like what can you get when you're actually on site? Make sure that you do a bit of content around that. Actually kind of look at what people are interested in, try and convert them, you know, work backwards slightly. But but yeah, any point, make sure that you are, are looking at the analytics and, and how they're actually, you know, uh-huh. what, making sure you're sending them to the right place as well. And also things like, this is old school, but it does work, but like things like competitions, um, you know, even uh, like that's a really old school thing to do years ago, but it still works now. And if you can drive them to a page where they're putting in their details, then maybe you can you can get from them like 
their email, their certain demographics about themselves, like details about themselves, like they've got family, um, where they live, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, of course, doing it within, uh, you know, uh, all above board within your uh, privacy policy, et cetera. But make sure you've got that. So then you can put them into a newsletter and then, yeah. So kind of like getting them and then, you know, promoting to them further really helps as well. Alice, that's a, you've hit the nail on the head there because that's exactly <laughs> what I do. So is it? That's exactly what I do. So at this point, we can't. You know, we're driving people on on social media to go to our website, but they can't book. You know, we're fully booked. The, the earliest available date now is twenty twenty five, and that's midweek on any of the units we've got. So you're right. We're converting all these people from social media to the website and can do nothing with them. So we're we're losing them. So you're. <laughs> What you just said is exactly right. It might be old school, but I love it. So yeah. our TikTok, on TikTok, you're allowed one link on there on the top of your bio. You click on that link, it will take you to a competition page on my website. And once a month, we do a competition. So we've we've generated the lead, gotten to the website. We then get them to fill in the details. They're in for a chance to win you know, a night down here. We've then captured their details for when we do have availability, when we're doing more things, when we're opening more sites, more units. That's exactly how I do it. And that's what I do on TikTok because, yeah, we can't generate, you know, we're not putting any offers out. We're not putting any new dates out, that sort of stuff. So we, we're literally doing a data capture to try and get that, con, you know, that, that information from them so we know where they are and who they are. Amazing. Great stuff. Great stuff. You've talked about analytics and measurement and, you know, to me it's sort of I, I'm a strategy person and analytics is sort of down in the in the depths in the weeds and but I, it's so important do you have to be a social media manager or you know be really geared up to all these different platforms to know how to do the measurement you know for somebody who's just ordinarily out there wanting to do a couple of TikTok videos and 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 get going on their social media strategy how important is that um analytics and and following what happens to those posts alice oh yeah it's uh, i was gonna go straight in there it, <laughs> it's so important and um and you know even if i ever take a moment where i haven't looked at something it, it you're suddenly like oh i don't really know how that did it's just out there in the open and you're not really sure so it's so important because otherwise you might spend a load of time doing something and it might not it just might completely bomb so you need to learn from it and you need to see what's working and what's not and also you you know you just you just need to see what yeah what's resonating basically and you can do it at any kind of level of your social media experience you can go on your insights on instagram very easy and just have a little look um, when you've got the professional dashboard. You can have a little look and see how each post is performed. Also, there are um, lots of different, like Hootsuite, Later, all those sort of things. Um, other places are available, <laughs> but like you can you can use all them, and you can have a free trial. And you know you can. There's a big community out there um, on their on their sites themselves, asking answering questions anything like that and it's pretty easy to just plug in and, and go and and particularly with Facebook as well you can have a little look in the back end there and just see what's performing and what's not so I would say yes very very important because you don't want to just keep putting content out there into a black hole and not really knowing what's what's happening and if it's working and you can do it at any level so yeah 
Yeah, and it's it's clearly important to, to you, Derry, and you do it. You 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 follow everything. Yeah, well, as Alice just said, then Meta give you all the tools you need to do it. They they, they literally pin it out for you in a, in a it's it's kind of like a game. It's like getting different levels and you kind of because again they're doing the same thing. They're trying to engage with you so you use their platform. They're doing this, the same principles as what we're doing. So Meta will give you all the tools to see every bit of data, who's there, what they're doing, why they're doing it, what posts are doing well. You can do, you know, we do benchmarking. So you can benchmark yourself against other businesses that you, you know, and, and see how well you're doing against them, what content they're doing. That's always a good place to start. If you, you know, if you, if you just come into it and you, you have no idea what to create, look at what others are doing. You look at what yeah. other posts, what, what people are doing, which is doing well, and create content based around that. I do the same thing with my own content. So I put out 10, 15, 20 videos, and I see which one of them does well, and then I hone in on that one and do 10 or 15 more that are similar to that to try and work out these analytics. Because they'll never tell you what the analytics are. They're, they're changing constantly and, and how it works. TikTok specifically is, is a is a mind-blowing one because it, it doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it at times, where Facebook and Instagram, you can see patterns through it to see why stuff does well. Um, but, yeah, they give you all the data. So if, you, if you're just starting out, benchmark a couple of other sites, whether that be locally to you or bigger people within the market, see what they're doing and start there. If you, if you want ideas, just, just start there, see what's doing well, and you know, again, if they're performing quite well with them, it's a good place to start rather than, you know, starting off on your own. You you mentioned, you, you talked about a video that's uh, of you loading up all these fire starters in yeah. the back of your car. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can you give me some other <laughs> examples of videos that have done really, really well? Because you just, you just said, you know, I, I looked at 10 to 15 videos and I'm thinking, well, what's in these 10 to 15 videos? What, it, what are you actually out there filming <laughs> so our content is, is 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 literally just the units of cells so they always pretty much start off on the same script now especially because of tiktok so they'll start off with whether it be opening a gate opening a door um you know opening a hot tub lid something that draws you in it's all about that first three seconds which is the hook it's not really three seconds, to be fair. It's more like one and a half seconds. So getting that first little thing, oh, what's what's behind that door? What's you know, around that corner? Whatever it might be. Um, and then what we're testing is we're doing it on a, on a micro scale now. So we'll do 10 videos, which you would pretty much think are the same video. It might be a different soundtrack. It might be a different speed. It might be a different color font, even down to stuff like that, where the text appears, where it where it goes to whether it's relating to what we're doing on the site or whether it's relating to what we're doing on the unit. So we're, we're honing down kind of micro details, which you don't really need to worry about at the start. Um, we're just working out, you know, for example, the, the one last week, that was content of our treehouse. So it started off walking up the, because you go up steps where the slide is and then you go across a bridge into the unit. And it was trying to, we was trying to work out how much of that journey we could extend because it like i say it is constantly changing before that would have been a whole 30 second intro going up the stairs and exploring before you go into the unit and we're trying to because the, the the reveal is opening the gate to the unit after you go across the bridge and seeing all the lights and everything else so we're trying to see how far we can 
extend that to, to tell more of a story. And it's hard because if you go too far, it gets nothing. And if it's if it's too little, it's getting nothing. So it's it's playing about with that. But that's what the, the content we're creating is all around the units at the moment and different things that you can do in the units, whether that be you know, specific ones about the hot tubs or the pool tables or the saunas or whatever it might be within that that part of the video. But that's the, that's the content that we're creating at the moment. I, th- I think that's great because I think a lot of people think, oh, you know what, when, when they're tr- trying to think of their content, they're thinking or they're going too deep into their thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it yeah, can, when it can. It's, it's, it's pretty easy. What the people want to see where they're staying and they want to see that quickly, whether that be if it's a house, it's opening the front door and, and showing them in a space, but or it, you know, it could be showing them the outdoor space, whatever it is, you can do it really well with, with you know, holiday rentals, that sort of stuff, because that's what they want. They want the big reveal, they mm-hmm. want to know what's behind there. As soon as you've hooked them for that first one and a half seconds to three seconds, that's TikTok and Facebook and Instagram's kind of cue that somebody's interested in that content because you'll see it dip off. If we do a 30 second video by, by second 29, the audience is down to your one, two, 3%, that sort of stuff. But it doesn't really matter because at the start it was really, really engaging. And that then gives TikTok and Facebook and Instagram the the kind of key to go, right, let's show it to more people. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to, the job all the time is from my point of view, I always see social media as, I have three uh, three customers, really. You know, we've got three quarters of a million on social media, but really I've only got three. I've got Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All I'm trying to do is impress them enough that they'll show my content to millions of other mm. people. If I sit and try and target three quarters of a million people every day, I'd have no no chance in, in, a, in a million years to be able to do that. Where actually, if I just target one, which is Facebook, for example, they'll show it to their, you know, 100 million customers. So it's 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 way easier to think that way. So you're trying to create something that Facebook thinks is good. So it's, it's, it's and their, you know, their benchmark is, well, if it's engaging for one, two, three, four, five seconds, it's good. And that, it doesn't, they don't care what the content is. It can be me loading firelighters in the back of my car, or it can be a stunning... <laughs> view over the fields in a morning with the sunrise and facebook do not care mm-hmm. all they care about is whether that hooked people long enough and then they will show it to everybody in the world wow yeah. this is this is such a great conversation and i can't believe we've got to i've got 45 minutes already and i i do have one more question <laughs> that uh, because um alice you worked with influencers and I, I just, yeah. and I know this is a question that comes up with so many people because mm-hmm. a lot of um, a lot of owners and managers get consistent inquiries from inf- influencers. Um, you have to you put know, that in brackets. Yeah, well, I was I was going to do that, and yeah. you know, that that's the air quotes, and it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know how how does it, in a nutshell, Alice? How does this okay. whole if you can make this, you know, really in a nutshell. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> how, how does this whole thing with influencers work or does it at all? Is it necessary? I think it does work. I think um, you need to just make sure that the influencers you're working with are aligned with your brand mm-hmm. and um, that they, you know, are going to provide your audience with value. If it's not, it's not just a you're doing it to tick some boxes. They actually really resonate with your brand. They they genuinely really enjoy it. And so the content they make, people will enjoy watching it. 
And I think, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about them having millions of followers. As long as they're getting some really decent engagement, that's what you've got to look at. I think in recent years, I've always tried to look a lot at micro-influencers. That's a hugely popular thing to do. But like, even as much as going into nano-influencers, you know, if they're producing some really decent, if you're using that on your own channel, by the way, but like, if they're producing some really decent content, you can really get great value out of it. If you want to leverage their following, of course, you want them to have a decent enough following that it's going to drive the reach. Um, mm-hmm. So you you have that, but you have to be really careful that A, do they align with your brand? And B, are they going to create the content that's going to bring your audience and their audience genuine value? And it, is it authentic? You know, does it fit? And, and um, yeah, I've definitely had some really great um, experience where conversions have been pushed sky high. But you need you need to watch that, you know, um, that everything just sort of aligns, I think. Yeah. And I'm sure, Derry, you get inundated with uh, requests. Yeah, we do. We get, I mean, like any business now, any, you know, from somebody who's got 500 followers to somebody who's got 50 million followers. And we judge each one on its own, on its own merit sort of thing. But with the influencer side of stuff, exactly like Alice said, make sure it aligns with your audience and what they're creating. Look at what content they created in the past for other places. Does that work for you guys? But coming back to when you were saying um, a lot of people aren't comfortable creating content, making videos, that sort of stuff influencers will do it for you Mm -hmm. Uh, you can look at it if you've got an empty night in a unit that was going to do nothing give it to an influencer on the basis they create you a video and you can use that video on your own social media platforms so instead of paying a videographer to come in and charge you three four five six hundred pound whatever it might be to create some content for you you can use an influencer when a night's going to be empty anyway so in theory you know it's cost you the changeover cost but they're going to create content. What you'll find is a lot of influencers, especially micro-influencers and nano-influencers, they'll create loads of videos for you. They'll create yeah. hundreds of videos for you. If you do a deal with you and say, listen, you can have next Wednesday, we've got nobody in there. Obviously, don't give away your, your prime weekends, mm-hmm. summer holidays, that sort of, you know, those sorts of dates. But if you've got a date in, in June that nobody's going to take and you can get some content for your own social media, I see it as part of my marketing budget. So we can we can get content, although again we do create all our own here. But certain celebrities and certain bigger influencers look good in our content as well. So that's works for us. But down on a smaller scale, you can get content for your own social media, in theory for free as long as you wasn't going to use the night anyway. Yeah, that uh, I th- I think this is inspiring me to perhaps do a, a completely separate episode on influencer marketing um, because we really have come to the end of our time and I, I, it's just gone so fast and you have both been so generous with your with your tips and your recommendations and your suggestions that I'm sure people are going to find this super super uh, useful um, Derry um, this is your second time on the podcast. It is not going to be the last. <laughs> we, we, we will revisit this. And, I, and you're, you're so generous to say, yes, I'll come back again. <laughs> I love it. I could honestly, I could sit here and talk about this for the next six, seven hours. You need to do like a, a long form one where we're here just chat all day long. It is, it's, it's a subject I love. It really is. And, um, you know, any way that I can help other people to do what, you know, what we've done, you know, I genuinely see it as it's like um, the old saying, you know, a, a rising tide raises all ships. If we're all creating good content, 
then you know you look at uh, in the UK we've got the Travel Lodge. I've done a, yeah. a whole thing on an, an advert on glamping, and do you know what? The advert is great. It makes me laugh, but it's basically they're losing market share to us. So if I can get other glamping sites to all create great content, it's going to overtake theirs. So I may as well yeah. help everybody do it. Yeah. And then with you know teaming up with somebody like Alice from Touchday, you know Touchday is an amazing platform to get you know your guests engaged in what you're doing because it doesn't have to just be social media. It all blends into one. Your social media, your website, your welcome guides. It all works together. It's really good. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned Touch Day because I don't have to tell Yeah, me <laughs> I'm going to ask Alice to talk about to Touch it. Day. <laughs> I didn't do it, which is hilarious. <laughs> well, you, you know what an advocate of Touch Day I am. My, my company, Cottage Link Metal well, Management, uh, is still using Touch Day and, and probably still, still will for the foreseeable future. And uh, so it, it, it's always a favourite of mine. And the team at Touch Day is the best. Oh, um, uh. So you're an influencer, Heather. You're an influencer. <laughs> I'm an influencer for Touch Day. <laughs> Thank I you. Totally agree. Touch Day is phenomenal. It's, it's been. It has honestly been a game changer for me. Oh. Our, guest, our guest engagement rate and our, our feedback from it has been phenomenal. It gives us another point of call where we can put content on for people to engage with, and they do. They sit there and, and read every single thing on there. They know more about this site than I do. Oh, brilliant. Well, yes. we're going to clip that up. <laughs> for, for, for those of you listening, um, the information on Touch Day uh, will be on the show notes, as will the link to the secret garden glamping. And I'm going to pull out all your social media links as well, um, Derry, so people can go in and take a look and see what you're doing. Thank you both. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you with me. No worries. Thank you so much, Derry Green and Alice Fry. That was a fantastic conversation. I enjoyed every minute of that. Learned a huge amount, and I hope hope you did. So don't forget to go to the show notes where I'll put links to all the things I said I would put links to, and you can check that out there if you want to get in touch with Derry to talk about social media or indeed Alice, their contact information will be on there as well. That interview went on for nearly 55 minutes, so I am not going to spend too much time on this outro. Just to say thank you, as always, for joining us, and I will look forward to being with you again next week. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by Minute. Don't forget to check the link in the description of this episode to meet Minute and discover the best smart device you will ever integrate into your short-term rental business to help protect your investment and keep your neighbours happy. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you and I look forward to being with you again next week.